Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. The message I'm about to preach today, in the time that I have, I almost didn't want to. I wanted to skip it, you know. <laughs> you know, when you're studying, you know, when you, when, you, when you teach topically, you can pick it, you know. But when, when you're studying expository, like what we're doing right now, you just get to a particular point. I'm like, do I skip this message? Because I have a message for next week that I'm really excited about in Acts chapter 16, you know. <laughs> but Acts chapter 15... <laughs> Acts chapter 15, I got to Acts chapter 15, I'm like, oh, do I really want to, because I know, some things were coming to my mind that, ah, if I preach this message, some people will not like me anymore, you know, (laughs) thank you, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe some, maybe people, because I'm going to say some things today that uh, some of you may not like, all right. (laughs) But the good thing is that I'm teaching it from the word of God. <laughs> Amen. So, so I was like, you know, the way the spirit of God will give you like three messages ahead. Sometimes it gives me like four messages ahead. Sometimes it's one message ahead. But this time around, I had two messages ahead. You know, and I'm like, let's just keep this one, Holy Spirit, you know. And let's go to the next one, which is very exciting. Next week, I'm talking about activate your praise. You know, Paul and Silas in the prison and all that. You know, that's very exciting. <laughs> But then there's Acts chapter 15. Man. So anyway, let, let's get into it. So, I love you. Amen. Okay, so don't be scared. You know me, it's me, amen. I love you, and you know me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to get into some things that, you know, might, um, but it's okay, let's see how it goes. Yeah, let's see how it goes. So today I'm speaking on activate your peace. I speak activate your what? Your peace. Activate your peace. Activate your peace. <sighs> Man. So on um, while I was still fighting whether I should preach this message, and on Friday, you know, the Supreme Court, um, you know, the notorious. <laughs> RBG, as it's called, you know, died. And, you know, when I first um, saw it, I, you know, I felt, I mean, with the family and everything. But then it just dawned on me that the nation is about to enter into a very contentious time. You know, for those of you who don't follow politics, I know not everybody's as, you know, like a political junkie like I am. I am. So I read political blogs. That's how I do my recreation. Now, uh, you guys need to know that from, from Monday, you got to pray. You got to pray. Because from Monday, the nation, is, the nation has already gone through some tough time. You understand? Some, you know, we had coronavirus, right? Then we had George Floyd and all this other stuff, right? You know, that came as a result of that. Then we had all the violence and all the looting and everything. 
But from next week again, another thing is going to be added to it. One of the most contentious times, which will be the fight over the Supreme Court nominee. And then we're going to be, in 44 days, we're going to be voting in, uh, we're going to be voting for president and a senate and all that. So there's a lot at stake. I just want you to know that um, we as Christians, we have to learn how to navigate this period. So we can't afford to be political and we can't afford to lose our place as people of the kingdom uh, because we're being called to be peacemakers. Let me just show you some scriptures first of all. So basically, there are many conflicts in our world right now. There are ethnic conflicts, racial conflicts, religious conflicts, political conflicts, even church conflicts, family conflicts, marital conflicts, and even, even we individuals, we have personal conflict <laughs> within ourselves. There's a lot of conflict going on. This year has been characterized a lot by a lot of conflict. Now, these conflicts, when they are unresolved, they usually lead to violence and destruction. Everybody loses when conflict is not dealt with correctly. Everybody loses. That's why you see businesses get burnt, all kinds of things happen. People actually lose their lives. Everybody loses when conflict is not dealt with. Churches split. Relationships that got put together, they, they get frailed and then they just end and all that when conflict is not well managed. Marriages split when conflict don't get managed well. Even people that love themselves, kissing themselves when they got married, doing, you know, doing everything, they, you know, be like, ah, you know, there's so much love. And then some, some years later, three or four years later, they are almost killing themselves. Conflict is one of the characteristics of this world. But in the midst of all the conflict, we are called to do something. I want to quickly show you some scriptures. First of all, let's start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Matthew 5, 23. Uh, first of all, uh, Jesus said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you. Um, leave there your gift before the altar. Is the translation able to change? Leave there your gift before the altar to NLT and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So Jesus said, when it comes to conflict, worship does not supersede conflict. In other words, when you have conflict and then there's worship, it says the first thing you do is resolve the conflict before you start talking about you want to talk to me. Let's deal with that issue. So he's telling us what is priority. Verse, uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12 18, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. All you can. In other words, uh, the issue of peace is not something that we, uh, you know, that is negotiable in that sense. It's something that you must put all effort into. All you can. Now, there are some times when all you can is not enough, right? And I'll tell you what to do. 
as we look at Acts chapter 15. But we're supposed to do all we can to maintain peace, to, to walk in peace with everyone. Um, Hebrews 12, 14. Walk at living in peace with everyone. Work at living in peace. With what? With everyone. And work hard at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Work hard. So there's a work that is involved in maintaining peace. There's some effort involved. Peace is not just something that happens. Peace has to be made to happen. Peace doesn't just happen. You make peace happen. And there's, a, there's some hard work that is involved. There's hard work. Listen, uh, marriage, is, ma- marriage is hard work. Relationships are hard work. There's a lot of hard work to be done in our communities for re- reconciliation. There's a lot of hard work that is involved. It, is not, it's not, it doesn't just happen. And I really want to speak to the marriage aspect. You know? Don't just expect that some kind of uh, love or you know, what I say, emotions and whatever is going to resolve your issues. It's not enough. You have to work hard. Chemistry doesn't solve it. It takes physics and mathematics. (laughs) Chemistry can start it. (laughs) But but it takes physics and math to maintain it. Amen. All right. Praise God. You guys, you know, single people watching me or here, you you already know it from the, you know, you might still be in the chemistry mode, you know. (laughs) <laughs> but you know it, you know, you're already beginning to see some physics. But when you get married, the physics and the, and the, and the maths will show up. You know, you've got to, got to work hard. This thing takes work. Relationships take work. Relationship in church takes work. Peace takes work. First Peter 3.10. Let me share that one quickly and then I'll move to uh, my three points for today. First Peter chapter 3 verse 10. It says, for the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life, if you want to enjoy life and see many days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Then go to the next verse. It says what? Search for peace. Uh, Search for peace and pursue it or seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and what? Or work to maintain it. I love that. Search for peace and work to maintain it. So peace is also a search. And there's a work to maintain it. Alright? So listen. There's so much conflict in our world right now. But God is telling us that he has put us in this world to work to maintain peace. To work hard. To make sure we keep the peace. We're not supposed to be part of those who contribute to the conflict and the strife in the world. We're not supposed to be those who contribute to that on social media. We're not supposed to be those who contribute to that even in our discussions. We're not supposed to be those who contribute to the, uh, to the divisions. You understand? In our own personal interactions, we're supposed to stand out as peace, as peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? The children of God. Hallelujah. So, basically, I wanted to share from Acts chapter 15 how we can activate our peace and become 
conflict, people who resolve conflicts in our community, people who maintain the peace of our community, starting from our own lives. People who work hard to maintain peace because when there is peace, everybody gains. Everybody gains. When you're able to work with people, you know, you see us in City Light Church, like some of people that, have, that we work together, we have worked together for some of, some of us, we've worked together for almost 20 years. And we're still working in love. But, you know, you see that, but there's a lot of things that we all have had to do over the years. You understand? Because we see what the value of it is, the value of working in peace is, and, the, and the, the, what it will be otherwise. So we have had to have, we've had tough conversations, but we have learned how to maintain peace. How to just keep on doing it that way and keep on doing it that way. Because number one, we are, first of all, representing God. We're also an example to other people. And apart from that, the things of God only advance when people learn how to, when we, when we allow the spirit of peace to be in operation. You know, we've been married for, we've been married for 20 years in a few months. We have, had to, we have had to maintain peace. You know, we've had conflict that we've had to stand and, you know, maintain the peace of God. We had one recently, you know. We had, you know, it was, I mean. <laughs> you know, before, you know, I mean, before our birthday, the second and the second, we had a very serious conflict. But you know, you know what happened? We fought hard to maintain the peace. And after the peace, after that, we have entered into another realm of heaven. You know? <laughs> Gotta be real, right? All right, so let's talk. I'm gonna talk to you three points. <laughs> three points. You know, one. I mean, it was so, the, the conflict is over something that is not very serious. You know, it's usually something not serious that becomes serious. That I have to say, you know, I need to call somebody now. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, I'm grateful to God. <laughs> so, the reasons for conflict. My point number one, the reasons for conflict. So, we're going to go to Acts chapter 15. Please follow me. I need you to just project Acts chapter 15 for me. Uh, so the reason for conflict. The reasons for conflict. So, Acts chapter 15 from verse 1. The reasons for conflict. Acts 15, starting from verse 1. Because I want to teach through that thing right now. So, if it's possible, if it's possible, I can see the Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, starting from verse 1. They say, when Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria. You guys remember... Paul and Barnabas, they laid hands on them and they went forth to preach, right? Did you see all the things we talked about last week? How they activated this one, activated that one, activated this one. You know, things were just going so cool. You know, partners working together. But then, so they returned back to Antioch after doing the work. They came back home. They said, well, they were at Antioch of Syria. Some men from Judea arrived. And began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And then look at it. The next thing. Uh, next verse, please. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them. So it begins. Disagreed with them. Arguing vehemently. 
Just try and imagine it. Revival was going on and then vehement arguments started. Finally, finally, before I get to the finally, because <laughs> finally, that finally is loaded. <laughs> when, you say, when you hear the word finally, that means a lot of things happened. <laughs> and they say, enough is enough. <laughs> All right, but let's start with it. So, the, cost, the reasons for conflict, the reasons for conflict, you can see there. Number one, the first reason for conflict that you have to pay attention to, whenever you begin to go, you begin to have some conflict, either in marriage, in relationship, in church, the first place you look for is this, instigators. Instigators. You know, there, was, there are some conflict that are orchestrated by people. Deliberately. They said some men came. Revival was taking place, and then some men came. Sometimes in marriage, it's some man that comes. Or some woman that comes. And sometimes, seriously, sometimes the conflict is started by people who are genuine and they love you. Those people, I know those people that were saying they must be circumcised, they were religious people. But they came in into the situation. In our community, you guys need to know, please everybody look at me. You need to understand that there are some instigators of conflict in the community. The name of one of them is media. Is the media. The media in the United States and in many other nations, they are the reasons for a lot of the conflict going on. Because they are commercial enterprises. So if you guys don't know, these things, they are commercial enterprises that make money based on eyeballs. Are you listening? They make money based on the number of eyeballs that are watching. So they have ratings. So based on the number of people watching, watching your show, the people that advertise on your show are going to pay based on the amount of people. And as you guys know, nobody likes to watch nothing. <laughs> people like to watch what? Drama. <laughs> they like people. You know, we, you know, in novel writing and book writing, they tell you, you got to put conflict there. How many of you like to watch a movie that just says, this guy was born, and then he grew up? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> he didn't have any issue in his life. Everything just went well, and then he died. Nobody wants to watch a movie like that. That's boring. You know, but the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy came to town. And then, <laughs> and then while, while, while he came into town, there was somebody who came in opposing him from getting his job. Or uh, you know, or uh, there's a there's a shark or one creature that's chasing everybody about to kill them. Or uh, you know, you have to put conflict in there for people to watch it. So in the same way, the media thrives on conflict. So listen, the next time you watch CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or ABC or anyone, the next time you turn it on, I want you to have this at the back of your mind. These guys are they are commercial enterprises. Comcast owns MSNBC. Time Warner owns CNN. And News Corporation owns Fox News. These are, they are billionaires at the top of those places. They are commercial enterprises. And they will sit down there, all those people will sit down there, they will be talking to you as if they are speaking the truth. No. They are speaking what is, what creates conflict. 
and they bring people on and pick up topics that create conflict. And then people will catch it all over the place and then you will start living based on that. So you guys need to get that. So they are instigators. Also, in our personal relationships, they are instigators that are used by the devil to stop the flow of peace. So there are disagreements orchestrated by people, causes of strife. Number two, ideology. You know, let me, let me, let me, read, uh, let me read this scripture for you first before I go. Proverbs 26, verse 20 to 21, under on, on my first point. Proverbs 26, from verse 20 to 21. It says, fire goes out without wood. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. In other words, there are certain things that the flames are being fanned. Fuel is being put into stuff. But when you remove the fuel, the fire will go out. I'm telling you, the temperature of this nation will go out a little bit if the media is more disciplined. Sometimes the politicians are more disciplined. Amen. The fire will go out. So if you ever get the opportunity to be a politician, please don't be one of those people who throw, who throw fire, who throw stuff in the sand all over the place. Be somebody who maintains peace. Can I get an amen, everybody? So there are always people who stroke, who stroke divisions, okay? Number two, causes of strife, ideology. Ideology or ideology, whichever one you call it. Disagreement over precepts and principles. So the first one is instigators. Now, disagreement over precepts or principles. So look at it. Acts chapter 15 from verse 4 to 5. We already saw those people who came in preaching something else. And then look at it. Acts 15 from verse 4 to 5. So when they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Saul were welcomed by the whole church. Including the apostles and the elders. They repeated everything God has done through them. But then, some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentiles, the Gentile convert must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So, <laughs> they, they had a problem in Antioch. They went to Jerusalem to try and resolve it. We're going to get to that. They still met people who are ideologically opposed you know, how many of you know that many of the conflict that we go through in our lives is because we have some must. Right? Some must. I'm telling you, when you have must, please have must for yourself. Are you listening? Have must for yourself. Not must for everybody. You must. In marriage. You must. In church. You must do the No, have the must for yourself. I must, right? But you don't have the right over another person's will. We're going to be going to the elections. People are going to vote differently. There's nobody who is a devil because of who they voted for. There's nobody who is a devil. That's their conviction. Are you listening to me? Especially a lot of us who are black people. If a black person votes for Trump, it doesn't make the person a bad, a bad person. And for those who are very conservative, somebody votes for Biden or votes for whatever, they're not bad people. You vote your conviction. Are you listening? But leave other people. You know, I see people criticizing this person for doing this and doing that and doing that. 
Listen, your convictions are different. Your values are different. There are people who believe in a sign. Number one, first of all, let me tell you something, and I'll get to you like this. All the political parties are flawed. All the candidates are flawed. There are things, personally, there are things I love about the Republican Party, and there are things I detest. There are things I love about the Democratic Party, and there are things that I detest. You understand? But I know that they're just human things. They're supposed, they're not, they're not perfect. We're kingdom people. And that's why I would never allow myself to be in one. I will be an independent observer who votes all around. For example, some people are voting in Illinois right now. They don't know. You don't even understand that. Part of one of the most important things you need to vote for when you go to vote in Illinois is that they're about, there's a tax. For the first time in the history of Illinois right now, there's a tax, uh, what they call it, proposition that is coming up. Whether the tax is going to be graduated or whether it's going to be fixed. But sometimes we get so caught up in it, we don't even know what is happening locally. Are you listening to me? So that's why you say I voted for all parties. Like I go there and I look, you know, this one, this one, this one. I go Republican, eh, Democrat, eh, this, 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 this. <laughs> based, on, based on my understanding of the people. And, you know, God, you know, bless you if you criticize me for who I vote for. I won't criticize you for who you will vote for. So keep the must to what? To yourself. The way you approach things also, the way you approach things, ideology, the way you approach things, how you resolve things, how you do whatever, keep it to yourself. You know, some people have criticized me before. They said, I don't speak on social media concerning political stuff. And I said, I said, are you my God? I said, Pastor, you need to speak. I said, yeah, you've been speaking. I stand there to fight. I stand on the ground to fight. But my, my, my social media is not for that. I'm called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach as many people, to get them saved, and to get them, disciple them, so that they can build that formation and they can do whatever. I don't, I don't do, I don't argue on politics, on social media. Now, some people do it because that's their calling. Do you get what I'm saying? But you don't criticize people, you understand, know, based on their own must. Just focus on your life. Amen. There are times that God will say, speak out very vehemently. Sometimes he will say, keep quiet. See it in the life of Jesus Christ. Disagreement over precepts and what? And principles. Number, number three, disagreement or implementation. That's another, I'm talking about causes of strife. So ideology, I'm going to talk about the resolution in a moment. So ideology, the next one, implementation. Disagreement over process. Over process. <laughs> You know, my wife and I, our disagreement is usually over process. <laughs> we are ideologically allied. There's no instigator, but it's process. <laughs> you don't know what I, I want to do it this way. No, she said, no, no, this is the way that we should do it. The interesting thing is that <laughs> the, way, the way that she's saying it might be the, the correct one. Sometimes it's the correct one. <laughs> Okay, sometimes my own is the correct one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you know pro as simple, simple processes as, I'm trying to remember the last one. Eh, what was that? Eh? Toothpaste? Did we have one of toothpaste? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, very, very simple things like, okay, the fan on, the fan off. The heat, this, you know, they all, you know, okay, this is, you know, I don't know, I don't know. 
the kids or whatever. This is what we're, how we're going to do it. This is our point. Interesting is that when you bring everything together, you get better. But even in church, we have disagreement over process. <laughs> how we're going to do it or how we're not going to do it. Now look at this. Now the good thing is, this example, they had it, they, they, they had it. I mean, these are great guys. Look at them. Paul and Barnabas. Um, Acts chapter 15, verse, uh, verse what? Verse 36. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. Let's do it quickly. Acts 15, verse 36. They said, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord. Is that not good? Is that not good? So the vision is good. What you want to implement is great. What you want to do is great. But then, okay, see how the new believers are doing. So good process. So there was agreement. Verse 37. Verse 37. 37, please. Barnabas agreed. So they agreed to the vision, right? What needed to be done. But then the process. Agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. <laughs> Next verse. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed. Strongly. It wasn't just, <laughs> you know, there's you know, a little disagreement, but what? You should ask Pastor Weber now. <laughs> He disagreed with <laughs> See, since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. So no, no. So there was a process disagreement of how we're going to accomplish this goal. Now, in that, in that same place, the next kind of disagreement is shown there, which is interpersonal disagreement. Let's go to the interpersonal disagreement because the reason why the process disagreement took place was because Paul had some issues with what? John Mark. Listen, a lot of the over personalities, over people, a lot of the conflicts that we have is because of what somebody did in the past. You know that a lot of the conflicts that takes place even in our world right now a lot of them are stemming from the past. They're stemming from unresolved issues from what? Some of the issues have been unresolved for hundreds of years. Some for decades. So Paul was like, this guy, the last time we traveled, this is what he did. He left us. He deserted us. And you're saying that we should take him along for the trip again? No way. We're not taking him along for the trip. And Barnabas says, no, no, no. We're taking him along for the trip. Listen, you Paul, 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 you, you, you. You know, remember the, the first time when we met, when the disciples, nobody wanted to associate with you. Who is the person that went to introduce you to the disciples? Paul said it was you. Eh, but, you know, eh, you did that. You know, no, no, no. can't we do the same thing to John Mark? He made a mistake. Paul said, no, 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 no way. This guy is not going with us. And you see two apostles sent forth by God. They had done, they had seen amazing things happen through their ministry. And then they had log ahead. It was, they said the disagreement was very strong. Look at the way it's described. In the next verse there, they said, their disagreement was so sharp <laughs> that they separated. 
Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Cyprus was where Barnabas was born. So Barnabas said, I'm going home. And this guy that you don't want, I'll take him. Guess later, when you were reading the epistles later, Paul later said, bring John Mark because he's been very good to me. Later. So the person that they fought over, right, Paul eventually agreed that the guy was good. But listen, look at how a ministry, we read about activate your call, Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. They were called to that work. But look at how disagreements scattered them. Let's go to, let me go to my second point. So my, my first point is the, re, the, the reasons for conflict. And I've showed you the various reasons for conflict. Now, the result of conflict. The result of conflict. Let me tell you something. When we allow conflict to be unresolved, we lose. We lose. Hallelujah. Everybody say we lose. There's a lot of losses that come as a result of what? Of conflict. We lose. So, first of all, look at this. <clears throat> that passage in uh, Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 15, uh, verse. Uh, please, let me get that verse in that place. I think I, I lost that point. Acts 15, where. Uh, it says that uh, Paul and Barnabas disagree with him, arguing vehemently. I think verse 2 or so, yeah. No, no, not that one. Verse, go back to the, to the very top before they send them to verse 3. Acts 15, verse 3. He said, Paul and Barnabas disagree with him, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem. That word finally there, as I was meditating on this passage, you know, just jumped at me so strongly. When you hear the word finally, I mean, you are talking about a lot of waters under the bridge. <laughs> so, first of all, let me tell you something. Whenever we allow conflict to continue without dealing with it, without resolving the conflict, we lose. First of all, we lose peace. We lose peace. There are many relationships, many churches, communities, and all that that they are living. They've lost the peace because conflict just continues. We lose time. We waste time. Before we got to Acts chapter 15, there, there, there was a lot of, you know, revival, all kinds of things going on. We've been studying the book of the Acts of the Apostles, but now they are now spending time dealing with conflict, dealing with disagreement all over the place, people arguing all over the place. We lose time. We lose focus. If a strike is one of those things that the devil uses to stop the progress of God's work, because what happens is that people will just begin to focus on themselves and focus on strife and all the things that the family is supposed to be accomplishing, that the church is supposed to be accomplishing, that the relationship is supposed to be accomplishing, or that the community is supposed to be accomplishing, they cannot do it anymore. They are divided and they are conquered. I was told this story. Do you know that North Africa was a Christian, was very, was Christian originally, North Africa? How did it become a Muslim community? They said the Christians there began to argue. Guess what they were arguing? Things they were arguing about and fighting one another about. They were arguing how many demons 
can go through the eye of a needle. Or how many angels can go through the eye of a needle? Can you imagine? Stupid argument. And they made it theological. They fought themselves and then, you know, that's how the whole place was run over. We lose when we argue. The devil, you see, strife is an emissary of the devil. Whenever strife comes, it's because something is coming. Please, I'm praying for the United States. Guys, listen. I'm praying for the United States, especially this period they're about to enter into. Many, many people don't know that while all this conflict is going on, there are some nations that are building up, like China. You know, so many things are going on. So many things are going on. And everybody's just fighting one another. They're fighting one another. Instead of getting to the fundamental of things and dealing with it, everybody's fighting one another until the carpet is pulled from underneath everyone. We, as the body of Christ, we need to be part of the resolution. All these ethnic, racial things, you must not contribute to it. We must not contribute to it. And the, way, the approach that a lot of people are using is not the correct approach. It's not the biblical approach, including some people in this place. It's not the correct approach. We don't go to the Bible. We take our cue from people that have never studied the Bible. People that don't have any kingdom, they don't have any kingdom focus. They have passion, and they have the right mission. They have the right zeal, but they don't have kingdom motion. For example, Black Lives Matter. You know, I, I match for Black Lives Matter, right? I match for Black, I mean, I, I'm talking about the, the ideology of Black lives do matter. You understand? I do whatever. But I will never associate with the Black Lives Matter organization. Because I went to their thing and I saw it. I saw what they believe in. A lot of things that I don't believe in. They put it right there. Both the, 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 don't, the nuclear family, they don't believe in the nuclear family. They don't believe in all, all kinds of things that they don't believe in. But I separated from that ideology. But some people are just lost in it. And they have no idea. And apart from that, sometimes we're very imbalanced. Let's talk about resolution. We're very imbalanced. And sometimes, you know, you need to go imbalanced, but you need to, as Christians, we're supposed to be thermostats. Right? Not thermometers. Thermometers will read the environment and react. But believers, we're thermostats. We control the environment. That's what you have in whatever sphere of influence that God has. You know, we're talking about making a difference this month, where, where God has put you. You have to be very wise. You have to be a kingdom thinker and a kingdom talker. And not just somebody who acts anyhow. You have to be balanced in the way you do stuff. Listen, I know some of you will not like what I'm about to say, but do you know how many black people were shot by police last year? Unharmed black people. Who can guess? What? Less than 12. Terrible. And it should not be. And we need to stand against that. Do you get what I'm saying? But do you know how many black people were shot by black people in Chicago last week? What I'm saying is that while we're talking about that, please make sure we're talking about that. We need to talk about that one. That's the balance. But we need to talk about that because there's another scourge that is actually killing us. Also, we need to talk to our black men to show their trap up when the police stops them. I have boys, and I, I speak to them and talk to them. I say, no, that's the way the world is. It's not supposed to be. We're going to fight that for you, right? We'll keep on fighting, and you will fight. But listen, when a policeman stops you, my son drives right now, I say, show respect to authority. Show respect to authority. Some children have never been trained by a father. They don't know what authority is, so they don't display any kind of authority, and then they die. 
for nothing. I'm not saying it's good. The police, also, I, told you, I told you guys are not going to like me anymore. You know, I'm saying, you know, after I finish preaching this message. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. As much as I carry the banner and I do all that, I'm also going to tell the truth to our community. Other people are not going to tell you. You need to train your children. today. Let's finish the final one. The resolution for conflict. So I talked about the reasons for conflict <laughs> and what the result of conflict. Now how do we resolve conflict? The resolution of conflict. Woo! Hallelujah. So um, I think I lost one of my pages. So please, can you just help me show my point on that resolution of conflict? I think in the printing, I lost one of it. So the first thing is, according, how do you resolve conflict? When there's conflict going on, the first thing that Jesus tells us to do, the word tells us to do, is to call up the individuals, whether it is a person or it is a group of people. So you see, what, what Paul and Barnabas did, when those people came and started instigating stuff, they said Paul and Barnabas had some discussions with them. Right? They had discussions with them. So the first thing is talk. Everybody say talk. Everybody say talk. Now, each of these measures might not be enough, right? But you have to start from there. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to start from what? From talking. Uh, let's, let's read some scriptures uh, for that. Uh, the passages after that very quickly. So call up the individuals. Um, I have some Bible passages in there. Call up the individuals. Hallelujah. Okay, good. He said, Paul and Barnabas disagree with them. They argue vehemently. So, they argue vehemently. I know it was tough talk. It was discussion and all that. You know, but the first thing is engage. Listen, engage the people that you have disagreement with. If it is a couple, if it is in the church, if it is a leader, if it is a, a church member, if it is a family member, the first thing is to engage in conversation, some conversation. It might become heated, it might be whatever, but at least start with what? Engaging in conversation. Let's look at what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus has, uh, made a statement there in Matthew chapter 18. He said, oh, no, that color is not good. He said, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Everybody say, point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. You have won what? So in other words, try and what? And uh, you know, start some conversation first. Then let's go on to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. Uh, the next verse, Matthew chapter 18. Uh, it now says, um, well, but if you are unsuccessful, Take one or two others, we're going to get to that principles, with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Verse 17 goes on to say, but if that person does not listen, then take the case to the church. Then if she won't accept, he or she won't accept, then this church's decision, decision is very important, treat that person as a pagan or as a corrupt tax collector. So Jesus gives us this graduated approach to resolving conflict. 
But the beginning part of the resolution of the conflict, conflict is that you need to call the individuals. Amen. You need to call the individuals and talk to them and talk, have a conversation. I'm telling you, there are certain conflicts that have been resolved by just having some private conversation. There are some conflicts that you can resolve by calling people and talking privately that you will not be able to accomplish publicly. Now, this is really dealing with individual conflict. Do you get what I'm saying? When people have individual conflict, call the person and talk. You can, it's possible that, you know, like we say, ideological differences and all that, you talk it through, and if the person agrees, it says that you have gained your brother back because you lose, you understand, when there's conflict and strife, we lose. Okay? Now, the next step after calling out individuals is if that does not work, if that does not work, then call in the intervention. Call in the intervention. Call in what? The intervention. So look at it. In Acts of the Apostles, um, chapter 15, from verse 6. Acts of the Apostles, uh, 15 from verse 6. When they, when everything, when they could not resolve it, when, you know, so many things were happening, they called in, in intervention. They said the apostles and the elders met together to resolve this issue. No, no, they were trying to resolve this conflict that was just flaring out in their community, in the church. They met to resolve this issue. At the meeting, you know, they had a long discussion. They had a long discussion at the meeting. And then they came out, you know, and then, you know, they said, this is how we're going to resolve, you know, this issue that is going on. Now, this, listen, this is very important. This is very important. Now, do you know that conflict will continue except we have some agreed upon levels of accountability where when the decision is made that this is the way things are going to go, the people in conflict should just agree to that. That's what Jesus was talking about. So first of all, if individuals are supposed to solve it individually to resolve them, but if we can't resolve it individually. So let's say you bring another person in. Maybe you bring somebody who both of you respect into the thing and you talk about it. One of the things, one of the approach that you must take when you want to resolve conflict is that when you are escalating it to somebody else like that, both of you will agree that even if I disagree with what is coming out of this person's mouth, because we all both agree to talk to this person, whatever this person tells us to do, we're going to submit to it for the interest of peace. Are you listening? But you know what? What usually happens when people take it to that level again, they will leave that place again, and then they will say, you know, what they said, what that pastor said is just that's pastor's own know. Or what that uh, uncle or whatever, whoever you brought in, what they said is their own You understand? I you know that's what they said, but you know, what I'm saying is still what is right. No, to maintain peace and to work at peace means that even when you feel you are right, right, you subjugate your right because your right has some caveat to it, right? You subjugate it for the interest of the peace of the collective. Are you listening? And that's why, listen, and then if you feel what, you know, this principle is this. So they went to the apostles, right? You know, and they, you know they, they, the apostles, they had a system to resolve stuff. But let's talk about our community. For example, your family, 
Every family should have somebody or people that they are accountable to that you can bring issues to when things don't come right. And then the person will advise you and all that. And then you honor the person, right? You honor that thing because you know they are wise to do it. Also in the community, listen, there are systems that have been set up for the resolution of things. Now, those systems are not perfect. If you really, listen, if you really want to make a difference, if you really want to make a difference, one of the things you can do in, a, in this world, for those of you that are very activist-minded, one of the best things you can do is to do what Martin Luther King Jr. did and a lot of people that changed him, like Mandela. What they did was that they will, conf- they, will, they will work within that system and confront what is there until that system is modified. Do you get what I'm saying? So that it becomes righteous and just. Are you listening? They, they, they do it in such a way that they can still maintain legitimacy in a sense, to be able to operate through that system on a more just and a more perfect society. Are you listening? But those who go about to physically destroy systems, do you get what I'm saying? To, to, you know, to destroy people and all that, they lose credibility. So even if change takes place, they are not able to speak authentically. That is why we have to tell like black people, we have to tell our kids to go to school. We have to get them into Harvard, get them into all these places, get them into government places, get them into Senate, get them into, so that when they make decisions, they are making it through that system and changing the system. The kingdom of God is like yeast that goes into the bread and then, you know, what do you call it, fills it up. It's like light, right? It doesn't operate like it just operates on its own. No. If to, for it to operate on its own, we, we won't be in this world. No, God says that I have left you in this world so that you can influence this world. You have to be able to be in that workplace, amen, and make a difference in there. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to be able to touch this world to make a difference. And that's why, that's what we do. What we do is that we create opportunities to to change more hearts and to affect more systems. And one of the ways we do it is by by being peaceful people. Peaceful people does not mean that you don't show uh, tough love. Does not mean that you you don't stand for something. No, you stand for something. But what you do is that you stand for something and you show the love of God to the people. You make sure you exalt that love. You exalt that kingdom thing while you are standing on the right. But there are some languages coming from people, some languages all over the place that create more fire, that create more wrong just because you are trying to please your friends. Just like because you, are, people are, you want people to say you are saying something or people say you are doing something. That's not the way it works. You need to find out from the very heart of God. How, what, what role am I supposed to play in resolving all this stuff? And I, I need to tell you that I am love. And the way God loves and the way my justice works, right? My justice works when people who are just within, they stand out and speak justly, but they understand my call to save all men and to bring all people to the table. There's quietness inside this place. Have I lost my pastoral position? Okay, let, me, let, me, let me round up because of time. I have a whole bunch of things to say, but let me, let me just round up. You know, there are certain things, there are certain principles, we can play something. There are certain principles that we see in Acts of the Apostles there, how they resolve that thing. You know, I wanted to spend some more time on it, but we don't have the time. You know, they, they, they had deliberations, so deliberations is important. They depended on the Holy Spirit. In Acts 15, verse 28, they said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. In other words, they actually prayed. How do we resolve this thing? A lot of people don't even pray about the issues in that community. They just talk. 
Look at it. Acts 15 verse 28 says, For he sent good to us and the Holy Spirit. For us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. That you must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood and meat or strangled animals, from sexual immorality, and if you do this, you will do well. Even in their solution, listen, in their solution, they, they said, okay, you are not supposed to be circumcised or whatever, what they are saying to become a Christian. But... They said the law of Moses has been preached in all the synagogues for a long time. So even though we're going to say that, but no, we're going to give a little bit to those other guys too. Do you get what I'm saying? You know that was, okay, so there's some things we take from the law of Moses. Make sure you do that, but we're not going to give you more than enough. That's talking about that balanced way of resolving things. What I'm telling you is that you need to have, you see, they didn't go either hall in that thing, right? They didn't go. If you look at their decision after they prayed, they didn't just say, all these people talking and all that, they're going to call them out and say, we didn't send them and all that. But in their resolution, they put some things in there. They say, okay, let's look at the law of Moses. There's some things that are applicable here, you know, and all that are applicable. You do that, but you know, we're not going to compromise this one. They did that. That's why, listen, the spirit that you need to have, you know, as a believer, is called the hand spirit. That was the hand spirit. Hey, and A lot of us have the either whole spirit. It is either Democrat or Republican. Do you get what I'm saying? It's either Trump or Pelosi. Do you get what I'm saying? It is either black or white. It's either this and this and that. No. It is Trump and Pelosi that needs to be prayed for. It is some things from Trump and some things from Pelosi that we need to have. It is some things from Republicans and some things from what? Democrats that we need to have. It is not either or. Because God is going to, God doesn't come to take side. He's going to use people, whoever they are, as we pray, as the believers, as we pray, we get some things from here, we get some things from here, and that's how you get the best. Things move forward. But people just say on different sides of that. I love the, the conservative side of the Supreme Court. Some things that, some decisions that they make. I love the liberal side. Some decisions that they make. For example, Ruth Bader, uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg that passed away. God bless her memory and her family. There are many things she did that a lot of women are enjoying now, right now. But there are some things she did that I disagree with. I disagree with violently. The same thing with just uh, Scalia. There are decisions that he made that I disagree with. But the thing is that I pray for all of them. I pray for the wisdom of God to be with all of them. So that in the midst of all the entire equation, God's will continue to advance. Okay, all right. Okay. So, finally, finally, call out the instigators. The next one. Call out the instigators. How to resolve? Call out the instigators. You need to know when the strife is being caused by certain individuals. You need to call them out. Let me quickly read to you. Acts of the Apostles 1523. I'm going to go very fast. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and the elders. So they wrote a letter from the apostles and the elders. Your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching. We did not send them. We did not what? They called them out. We did not send them. Listen, if you are an instigator of strife in other people's affairs, expect to be called out. If you are an instigator of strife in the church, expect to be called out. And expect, please call people out when you know that they are causing strife. 
this is very it's a scriptural principle of conflict resolution because you need to put the wood out so that the fire can right remove the wood so that the fire can go out Romans 16 verse 17 says and now I make one more appeal you guys need to hear this because this sounds very unchristian I need to make one more appeal my dear brothers and sisters watch out for people who cause divisions and they upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught stay away from them such people are not serving Christ our Lord they are serving their own personal interest by smooth talk and glowing words they deceive innocent people Titus 3 10 to 11 if people are causing divisions among you give them a first and second warning <laughs> did you see that strike one I do it as a pastor. I mean, do that. I mean, people that work there, they know it. I said, that's just, that's just strike one. It's okay. It's fine. Say so that department, something began to happen. It's just one person. I said, no, it's okay. Let's, let's pray. It's just strike one. Strike two! escalate this one and strike two. That's what is going on. But after strike two, he said, have what? Have a knowledge what to do in the world. You know, I was listening. You don't want dividers around you. You have to tell, when people, when strike is being instigated, you have to do some separation sometimes. Which leads to my final point for today. Is sometimes in certain relationships, you have to declare to the relationship. Call it incompatible. My final point. Just, there are some things that just don't work together. Just like, they just don't fit. Yeah, there's no, it just, just doesn't flow. No, no, there are some relationships that are not just, they're not just going to work. Disagreements were so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark you know, they, they just say, you know what, we are fought and whatever. Well, you know what, let's focus on the ministry. Let's do, let's not let this affect the ministry. You just go this way and I will go this way. We see the same principle in Genesis chapter 13 from verse 8 to 9. My last passage for today. Genesis 13 from verse 8. Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to continue between us and our herdsmen. After all, we're close relatives. There's something more important than, you know, just continuing this strike. We're close relatives. See, the old countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want. And we will separate. If you want the land to the left, take it. If you want the land to the, you know, I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, then I will go to the left. And then Lot looked and saw the one that they liked and took it. And there was peace in the land. And God appeared to Abraham after them and said, now look. Sometimes you are not able to see vision when you are dealing with strife. You know what God said? God said, look to the whole land as far as you can see. Even the left and the right. The one that said, as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. But we are unable to look and see when our eyes are just focused on conflict. Oh man, see I love unity so much 
I love peace so much. And people think that I'm not, uh, you know, some, some people, you know, they feel like, oh, you know, you've got to fight in this one. No, I, I do fighting. But I believe that love is the greatest fight that you can fight. Love never fails. Love always wins in the end. I love unity so much because there's so much we can accomplish when we are united. There's so much a church can accomplish when everybody's together. There's so much a family can accomplish when everybody's on the same table. I mean, on the, you know, on the same page. There's so much we can accomplish, right? When we are together. There's so much we can accomplish when there's peace. Violence will cease. Conflict will Conflict, there will always be conflict, but we know how to manage those conflicts. So listen, friends, as we move into the next few weeks, as the contentions intensify in our nation and intensify, I want you to be part of the peacemakers. Not the ones that create more confusion. Because you know that if everything goes, you know, this thing can get to a point, God forbid, can get to a point when people start shooting one another because they are different colors. This thing can get to a point when the business that somebody you know has established is torn down, that the person has spent years and years to do. We want to make sure that we don't contribute to that. We want to make sure that we are part of those who maintain the peace, right? The kingdom way. Why we continue to advance the cause of the kingdom. As we get into the election mode, pray like they did, they deliberated. Seek the spirit of God. Ha get knowledge. Listen. Don't close your mind to anything. Remember, the hand. There's an organization that you know some of my friends in Chicago started. It's called the Hand Campaign. I just love it. The Hand Campaign. And the, I mean, some you know, just some of, some of my African American brothers. You know, they started it, and a bunch of people. You know, the Hand Campaign is like instead of all this either or that we're doing, it's either righteousness or justice, or it's either this and that. What about the campaign of hand? When it is this and that, it is this and that. I want you to think that way and allow the Spirit of God to be part of it. I'm going to hand, let's rise up. I'm going to end by reading a poem. I'm sorry, a prayer. This is called the Prayer of St. Francis. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a relevant prayer to what I just talked about. And that's the prayer I want all of us to pray today. I don't know if St. Francis really wrote it, but that's what it's called. So the prayer of St. Francis. If you can display it, that would be good. He said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Everybody say it after me. Say, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, let me show pardon. Where there is doubt, let me show faith. Where there is despair, let me show hope. Where there is darkness, let me show light. Where there is sadness, let me show joy. Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. And it is in pardoning that we ourselves are pardoned. And it is in dying to ourselves 
that we are born into eternal life. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Lift up your hands and let's pray right now. Just pray and just, you know, pray about this prayer. Whether there is there any area of conflict, personal, family, whichever area, why don't you pray to God and just, Lord, help me, Lord. Help me to be an instrument of peace. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.